0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiki, and here with Zach Rizzuto. Somewhere over here. I uh, hope everyone's doing well on this Tuesday. We're going to talk waiver wire for week six. We got a bunch of guys that you could add to your rosters. Listen. If you're 0-5 after five weeks, it's over for you, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're 0-5, if you're 1-4, make some moves. Make some trades. Pick up some guys off the waiver wire.
0: Don't that assume that it's
1: over. Yeah. All right? I was 0-3 in a couple leagues, and guess what? I'm 2-3 and 3 now. We're on our way. We are on our way to make the playoffs, okay? It's going to happen, all right?
0: All you got to do is get way. in. <laughs>
1: All you gotta do is get in because you never know what's gonna happen. Okay, Travis Kelsey can score four touchdowns in one week. You never know what's gonna happen. All right, Devontae Adams, you know, can score two touchdowns and shove and a reporter, and then and then shove cameraman. It can happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay,
1: I saw he's facing uh,
0: punishment or something for that. I really hope that's not a suspension.
1: <laughs> maybe he goes. Oh my god! Like I saw that too, and I was just like, are you? See, like Devon see the thing with Devont Adams, like he seems like such a nice dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He seems like, so, like a nice, like a genuinely nice guy. <clears throat> and for him to do that, he must be super frustrated, you know, because the Raiders are one and four. Yeah. They're doing worse than my fantasy team. And <laughs> and that's not good, right? Um, nah. he he obviously the I obviously the Packers, you know, would be doing much better with him. I, I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the reason they've been struggling and part of the reasons that they, they've had not so great teams beat them or even be in games with them is because they don't have Devontae Adams. Uh, and I think it's that simple, to be honest with you. I, I think the offense would be clicking way different if Devontae Adams was there. Right. Uh, and and I, I think he knows that. I, I don't know if you saw this before the game. Um, there was like a fan, it was a Green Bay fan with a Devontae Adams, Green Bay Devontae Adams jersey, like in the stands. And like he had a pouty face. And he had a sign saying, I miss you, Devontae. And <laughs> Devontae looked at him and he goes, I miss you too.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially after last night.
1: <laughs> especially after last it's night. Real. This is before the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he probably found that guy afterwards. He'd be like, hey, please take me home. Yeah. Um, but Travis Kelsey, that's not what I meant. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, four touchdowns, 25 receiving yards. That is receiving line for the books. Yeah. Uh, all of Mahomes' touchdowns went Kelsey's way um juju looked like he was hurt out there uh he was questionable coming into the game but the dude couldn't get anything going he gets a downgrade for me at this point as Mm -hmm. a low end wide receiver three i've been saying that we should be buying him but i just feel like you know this the it's just it's not there it's not apparent he's running a lot of routes he's not looking like he's 100 i i don't think that you know it's looking great, so I'm downgrading him to like a low end wide receiver three at this point. He, he's not like a, he's not like a guy that you have to have in your lineup by any means, going and forward.
0: Again, you know, you go back to you know we've been saying he's a buy because he's getting that target share, and he pre- he did you know last he night did. again. He <laughs> got the target share that we're looking for. It's just the production isn't catching up. Um, yeah, at this point, it's worth wondering. I mean, it doesn't help that Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns but, um, on, it, on it, that
1: it, first touchdown. Um, Juju was wide open. Yeah. Uh, like right in front of Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But the ball just zipped by Juju, like on purpose, because Mahomes was aiming for Kelsey. But Juju was like wide open. Probably an easier throw. Yeah. From Mahomes. Mahomes was like, I don't care. I'm getting I'm getting my guy his touchdown. It's my boy. Travis Kelsey is my boy. Juju, you just got here. All right. Yeah. You, you gotta earn it. Um, so yeah, no, I I think he'll be fine, but you know, as of right now, you know, he's not a high end player by any means. Uh, Josh Jacobs, though, yeah. 80% snap share, 26 opportunities, his third game in a row with five catches. His workload is completely different this year. Um, very involved in the passing game, running a ton of routes. He's playing on the in the two-minute offense. He's playing on third downs. He is a solid RB1 with this type of workload right now.
0: Yeah, 100%. And if you, you watch the game last night and you see the way he's running, it's pretty ridiculous, you know? I feel like he's been pretty underutilized throughout his career in these past two games that actually gave him a workload that he could actually do some damage with, and he's taken full advantage. I mean, I forget. he Is, that, is it back-to-back weeks with 150 yards on the ground, or do you have like 140 last week? Something I like don't that. know,
1: but he has like 200. He's like averaging like a close like 180 total yards over the past two games. Yeah. Combined. It's unbelievable
0: and he he's kind of been you know i don't want to call it a breakout because he's been around for a while you know but this he's actually showing us the talent um that's that we kind of saw him as having he, they just didn't really use him in las vegas um you know throughout his career he's been kind of underwhelming you know people have drafted him they probably drafted him this season as a low end rb2 and that's what they got the first 2 3 weeks but now these last 2 weeks he's a, he's looking like a high end RB1, as long as this workload sticks around. Um, You know, the Raiders did decline. They declined his fifth-year option, right? They did. Which is funny because he's now playing himself into a new contract if he continues to do this you yeah. know what i'm saying
1: and, and it kind of makes sense right because you don't want to pay a running back at the end of the day as good as josh jacobs is doing right now it's yeah. it's probably better to just play zemir white next next year or draft another running back and have them share the workload like yeah from a finance perspective it doesn't make sense to pay jacobs i think this is the right move you you don't pay the guy you don't take his fifth year option which was very expensive number one number two you know, you you give him a ton of touches. <laughs> Just like, yeah. you know, why up. would you give them give him like 400 touches and then the next year you give him like a boatload of money? If For a running back, it doesn't really make that much sense, especially this far into his career. And he's a relatively young running back, but he does have some touches uh, on him uh, so far throughout his career. Now, you know, moving – like he was always game script dependent, right? That was his yeah. thing. And his issue was never like – You know, getting it done with volume, it was more like. Well, he gets game scripted out. He comes off the field too much, Mm -hmm. and he's not coming off the field right now. Third downs, two-minute offense. He's on the field, so that's great.
0: It seems like they figured out that he's actually worth having as part of the offense. Um, They're not throwing it as much. They're running it, and it's been better for the team overall. Obviously, they fell short a little bit last night, but not only for fantasy. You know, fantasy owners are liking to see Josh Jacobs is involved, and Devontae Adams can still do his thing. Um, with Josh Jacobs performing this way, he did have uh, three catches, two touchdowns. Looked almost Gabe Davis-esque uh, last night, but um, Gabe davis
1: yes. Yeah, don't even, don't insult Devontae Adams <laughs> like that. He already had a bad night. Right, right, know, right. He had two touchdowns, but didn't end so well. He was nah. upset.
0: But you know, the offense as a whole looked better, and I think you know the team's going to have a lot better chance of, to win some games moving forward. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they stick with this. You know, I'm not thinking that they're going to go away from Josh Jacobs suddenly because no. it seems like they're happy with what the way he's producing and the way it's helping the team forward. Um, I'd look for this volume to continue for Josh Jacobs. I think he's a pretty solid RB one moving forward uh, until further notice. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Clyde was Hilaire, nine carries, 15 yards, three catches for 20 yards, one target doink off the helmet. Yep. This is literally what every game looks like. If CH doesn't score a touchdown, he almost scored. He yeah. was in the half yard line. Uh, and if you're wondering what that what that was that stopped him at the gold line, it wasn't a tackle. It was regression. That's what, that's what that
0: was. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It's what we've <laughs> it's what we've been um, saying this whole time. It finally happened. You know, that's that's it, Clyde Edwards. Hilaire came back, came back down to earth. And if you sold last week, good. And, you know, I'm not sure if people are going to be like, you know, immediately turned off. Like, OK, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is back that we know he's not going to be producing anymore he might have more games like he had to open the season but this is the true you know production that you should be expecting if this is the workload that he's going to get i mean jared yeah, mckinnon man. i mean what didn't he uh, he didn't out snap him did he he was much more productive though
1: uh jared mckinnon did out snap him okay. and, and he and he had more touches
0: yeah okay so th- that tells you all you need to know <laughs>
1: pretty much. Pretty much. Right?
0: That, that's all you need to know. End of story
1: right there. End of story, man. All right. Let's get into the waiver wire. Uh we're gonna listen, man. If Kenneth Walker is up in your waivers, drop it all. You know, I have a yeah. question here. You know, how much Fab for Walker from Ian? Ian, listen, man, if you're in a competitive league, just dr- whatever you got, drop it all. Because You know, or if you have the most fab in the league, just drop $1 more than -hmm. the next person. Uh, But, you know, if you're, you know, if you're like third in fab budget, fourth in fab budget, just drop it all and just hope that you get them. (laughs) In in my leagues, if I was the third or fourth highest, like with fab left, I would not get Kenneth Walker because everybody's dropping everything on this type of player. Um, And here's why he is Rashad Penny's out for the season. Okay, So you're going to be able to use Kenneth Walker all year long, number one. Number two, the Seahawks offense is good. The Seahawks offense is fast. That's great. Kenneth Walker is also a very good running back. And we talked about this yesterday. Okay, Uh, Out of all power five running backs with at least 200 carries last year, first in yards after contact per attempt, first in forced missed tackles per attempt. This dude is good. He was my favorite runner in this draft class. Brees Hall was my favorite. Well, favorite. My favorite running back was Kenneth Walker. The best prospect for me was Breeze Hall because of his ability in the pass game and because of the fact that Iowa was able to use him and they showcased that. They did not. Michigan State did not showcase that for Kenneth Walker. Um, but you know he he could be lights out in the run game. Okay, right. Think think Nick Chubb esque. In terms of not being involved in the pass game at all, but being a monster in the run game. That's Kenneth Walker's potential, honestly. And I think he could be special. So regardless of whether Kenneth Walker can be special or not, um, the early down running back for the Seattle at this point um, is something that you want. That's not something that you, we would have said, you know, early, yeah. in the, early this year because we didn't know Geno Smith was, was going to be good. We didn't know that this was going to be a fast offense, you know. We just thought that this this offense was going to be one where you do have two early down running backs sharing that load with a third running back coming in on passing downs. That's not the case anymore. So, Kenneth Walker, drop all your fab, and uh, and that's it. You know, yeah. Seahawks Nation. That's yeah. right.
0: That's right. Yeah. No. This is Kenneth Walker. This is probably the easiest and most obvious waiver wire ad that we're gonna have. All season, And it's probably going to be the best waiver wire ad that we're going to have all season. Uh, if you can get your hands on Kenneth Walker, you're in good shape. This is the RB1 on a, a suddenly good Seahawks offense. And Kenneth Walker, regardless of what we've seen, we haven't seen much of Kenneth Walker. But, you know, we're assuming that he's going to be pretty good. The floor is very high for, for Kenneth Walker, especially if you're getting him on the waiver wire. Uh, you pick him up, you're getting him for free. And at worst, an every week flex play with upside. And I, I'm projecting him to be more of an RB2 with, you know, RB1 upside, potentially weekly. Not necessarily RB1 on the season, but RB weekly RB1 upside. I'm looking at Kenneth Walker to do that. As long as the Seattle offense continues to put up points, which it looks like they're going to continue to do. Geno Smith, you know, I think we, we're kind of out of the phase where we're like, is Geno Smith for real? Geno Smith seems like he's the real deal right now. You know, he's able to run the offense, not not just manage the offense, but be a playmaker for the offense. So Kenneth Walker. You know, this is kind of a gift from the fantasy guys. If you can pick up Kenneth Walker, it's going to be a huge power shift. Um, for sure.
1: And he, he's going to be a—he's going to be ranked as a high-end RB2 for me this week. Um, Geno Smith, who I have here at number three. We We're just talking about him. And normally I would never put quarterbacks this high because I'm assuming you're in a single quarterback league where quarterbacks aren't as valuable. But Geno Smith is getting it done. Um, he is balling, okay? And oh, yeah. he earned my trust after seeing what he did in New Orleans. This week. Um, he is pro football focused as number one graded quarterback, quarterback through five weeks, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, you think about <laughs> you know how many good quarterbacks there are in the NFL, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's balling, pick him up, start him. He's an every week start. So, you know, I, I if you need a quarterback, you know, a lot of people have Russell Wilson. I'm starting him over Russ for sure. Um, you know, a lot of people are starting to Matthew Stafford and they're wondering what to do with a quarterback. You know, Genius I hope you've been Baked up, Geno Smith. If you had either of those two guys, um yeah. So you know, there's a there's a, there's a few quarterbacks that you know I'm willing to just like throw by the wayside and yep. just continue to sign Geno Smith every single week.
0: With Geno Smith too, you know, not only is he getting it done, it's not like this is an explosive offense and it's full of turnovers. You know, Geno Smith has turned the ball over. He's not. He's taking care of the ball, I think, very well compared to at least what we've seen in the past and. Like I said, it's not a game manager, Geno Smith. It's like a playmaker, Geno Smith. He does have a rushing touchdown this season. He can still move, and he's 32, which might throw you off and make you think that he can't move. He can still move. And we've seen him be very mobile in the pocket, you know, extending plays and getting the ball, like I said, most importantly to his playmakers. Um, Geno Smith has been only a good thing for the Seahawks offense so far. And um, he's got a pretty good matchup this week against Arizona. So I, I think we can definitely have Geno Smith. Would you say Geno Smith is a top twelve quarterback?
1: Hell, yeah. You think Hell so? yeah.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, 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 that's
1: I, I am putting him. I'm probably gonna have him ranked at like QB nine or ten this week.
0: Yeah, that that sounds reasonable. I, I like that. Yeah.
1: I'm doing a little experiment right now, uh live. Here's what I'm doing. I am looking at Tyler Lockett's game log. Mm-hmm. He is on pace right now for 109 receptions and 1,400 yards receiving his best season with Russell Wilson has been 73 catches for 12, almost 1,200 yards. So think about that for a second. Okay. Yeah. We're coming into the season. We're thinking Tyler Lockett ain't going to do shit without his boy Russ. But now Russell, uh, we call, you know, if you look at Tyler Lockett, what he did this year so far, the last four games, straight up balling the dude. 107 yards, 76 yards, 91 yards, 104 yards. He's averaging 94 and a half receiving yards and seven catches and half a touchdown over the last four games. Balling.
0: Yeah, Crazy. And, Crazy. and DK Metcalf is getting it done, too, while he's doing that. You know, so it's not like you have to pick one exactly. or the other. You can start both of them. And it's all because... And these touchdowns,
1: accurate, on the money. Yeah. Like, these touchdowns in the end zone to lock it last week, like, on the money. These are the type of throws that we were used to seeing from Russ. Um. Yeah. So, what a story. Russ what left a story. His, anyway,
0: Russ left his uh, talent in Seattle for Geno Smith to kind of just pick up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Rashad White. I have him here at number two. Uh, he is the stash. If he's available in your waiver white, you got to pick him up. You know, he is the every down handcuff for Fournette. Uh, he's as playable as Tony Pollard is right now. Uh, you know, if you think you can throw Pollard in your lineup as a what the heck flex you mm-hmm. can do the same thing with white you know they played each of them were on the field for 40 percent of snaps on sunday you know white is running routes he's averaging 20 routes run over the last two weeks 18 and 22 uh can't say the same thing about tony pollard um he caught three or four targets in week five five or five targets in week four you know his real upside obviously is if anything were to happen to Fournette. like once you pick him up don't drop him you know, if you're not gonna play him, just keep him on your bench as as his high upside guy, right? Like you don't wanna yeah. you know, drop all of your fab on Rashad White. You want him to just stay on your bench, just like you want him to have Kenneth Walker stay on your bench. Um yeah. but Rashad White has more upside because he's an every down guy and he's very he's gonna be very involved in the passing game, if anything were to happen to Fournette.
0: Yeah, and if anything happens to Fournette, you know, it would be the exact same situation we're having with Kenneth Walker right now, because if he was on your waivers, you'd be dropping hundred percent of your fab on Rashad White. You know, so if you can get him now, I'd be surprised if you obviously if you're listening to this podcast and you've let Rashad White sit on the waivers this whole time, you know, shame on you. But, uh, you know, get him now, you know, get him. while you can get him with around 10 or even less fab before anything happens to Furnette and then Rashad White, his value explodes. And then, you know, someone at the top of the waivers is going to get him and you won't. So
1: if Rashad White is available on waivers right now, I'm dropping 50 percent of my fab on Rashad
0: White. Right now, you think people are gonna be making the move that much? I, mean, I think enough so. change in, you, you
1: in, in, in in competitive leagues. No, no, I i don't think so. I just think we're at the point now where there aren't that many high upside handcuffs left on the waiver wire. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like if someone drops Alexander Madison. It's a very similar situation. If somebody drops Tony Pollard, like these guys, AJ Dylan, like if somebody drops these guys uh on the waiver wire, like I'm spending up to get these guys because I want them on my bench because they are. They are league winners, right? Um, and you don't have to drop a hundred percent, but I, I'll, I'm willing to drop half my fab on these guys because they are quality players who can, with one just one situation changing, you know, they can potentially help win your league. And I don't think you can get in a competitive league. I don't think you can get away with, you know, only ten percent, fifteen percent. If you're in a home league and you know you, you think that you know a lot of these handcuffs keep getting dropped and stuff, then like you can kind of you know, do whatever you need to do and you you know your league better. Um, but no. I don't think at this point with Rashad White and the kind of like hype surrounding him a little bit, I don't think you'll be able to get him with only 10% of your fab.
0: No. You know? That's fair.
1: Um, you know, Benjamin for the short term, like he's a pickup this week because James Conner has a rib injury. Dow Williams has a knee injury. We don't know the extent of either right now. Uh, but if both are banged up, it makes sense to pick up the guy who could end up getting all the work. He'll be a solid RB two with upside if both guys miss. And if I'm not mistaken, their fourth running back, Jonathan Ward, he also pulled his hamstring in the first half of that (laughs) game. So, like every single running back is hurt besides Eno Benjamin. So uh, now, keep in mind, if this is just a regular rib injury, there's no like cartilage injury for Connor. Like he could be back this week, then maybe re-injure himself. Uh, But it's it's it it could be all Eno Benjamin this week potentially. So I want to pick him up now. Um, I, I'll probably spend maybe like $10, 10%, 10%, something like that, 15% maybe if I'm desperate for a running back, uh, you know, just in case that he ends up being the guy this week. Um, He'll be worth a lot more than that if you're able to plug him in the lineup with none of these guys playing.
0: Right. And with, you know, Benjamin, you know, you look at all of the running backs on by this week, you know, you have Derrick Henry, you have Damian Pierce, you have DeAndre Swift and Josh Jacobs all on by. If you need to, you know, stick it out, just – make it through this week, you know, Benjamin would be a priority pickup for me. And he won't be that expensive. You know, with all the guys that are on the waiver wire right now, you have Kenneth Walker who could be there. And if Rashad White's there, uh, people will be spending up there. You could throw a little bit of fab at, you know, Benjamin. I'd, I'd shoot for like maybe 15 just to get you through the week. Um, he, he'd be a nice fill-in for guys that, you know, a lot. Of, there are a lot of starting running backs out this week for because of the buys. So I, I'm looking at, you know, Benjamin to kind of yeah. carry me through. I think that's where he's going to find his value. And we have him at short-term ad for that reason.
1: Most competitive leagues won't have Kenneth Walker or Rashad White available, uh, and you know Benjamin probably will be the top waiver wire pickup, um, in 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 plenty of leagues. So, you know, if you got to get through this week, if you need a win, you know, if you're sitting at two and three, you know, you need that win this week, and one of your running backs, like you just mentioned, are on buy. You got you got to spend up. You got to spend up on someone like you know Benjamin to make sure that you know because regardless. James Conner coming back from a rib injury, most likely he's not going to be 100%. Most yeah. likely he's not going to get his full full workload. So, Eno you know, Benjamin's going to get, you know, potentially if Conner plays, he's going to end up playing maybe 50% of snaps and still get some work, you know, and he might end up scoring. So um, you can still potentially get some value out of Eno, even if Conner doesn't play. And usually like if a running back has a knee injury, like Dow Williams does, yeah, I don't see him playing. Right this week. Usually if someone has a knee injury, they're usually out for like at least a game.
0: Right? Yeah. And, um and yeah, with Eno yeah, you know, Benjamin, he he is the best bet to have a workload that's not going to leave you sitting there like, man, I'm only getting three or four points this week out of my running back. Mm-hmm. You know, his workload is enough that he could get a touchdown reasonably. And he he could, that at that point that's all you're looking for because he's just the bridge running back for you. So you get your other running backs back.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, I have him. No, I had Jacoby Myers actually before Isaiah McKenzie at number five. He's available in like 40 to 50 percent of leagues, not available in a lot of leagues, but he should be the highest priority wide receiver if he is available. Um, in the games he he played, you know, 38% target share in each of his last two games <laughs> with two different quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got it done. So, you know, make sure you prioritize Jacoby Myers. Um, he I went up against Jacoby Myers this week and I was like <laughs> You know, Bailey Zappi, what is he going to yeah. do with Jacoby Myers? But, you know, high target share earners do high target share earner things. And <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Jacoby Myers kicked my ass. Still won, but, you know, didn't feel good.
0: And Jacoby yeah, Myers, you know. you know, he's the wide receiver 39 or something like that. He's he, do, he doesn't look good as a total point score player, but he's averaging 17 points a game in PPR. And this is a guy that nobody was drafting. I think we were talking about him over the offseason that he wasn't going. He wasn't being drafted or he's being drafted in like the 14th, 15th, 16th round. Um, yep. So Jacoby Myers, you know, I we we kind of talked about I know I talked about it a little bit that Jacoby Myers, you know, he's even though the Patriots aren't a very pass heavy offense and their ceilings a little bit limited, that he could be a guy that could have high target share. He's technically the wide receiver one there. Um, yeah, and he's showing he you know, he's on the field. He's solid. There's no reason I don't think to bench him. You know, I think he's a really nice flex play um, and wide receiver two in a pinch.
1: Isaiah McKenzie at number six. He seemed close to returning last week with a concussion. Um, You know, couldn't quite make it out of the protocol in time. My assumption that he's back this week and he becomes the full-time slot for Josh Allen after Jamison Crowder broke his ankle. Um, I do have Khalil Shakir on the next slide at number 20 as a speculative ad, you know, in case he has earned some some of that share. Uh, But, you know, Shakir did end up running almost all of his routes from the slot in McKenzie's absence so he's like a direct handcuff to McKenzie at this point I really liked what I saw out of Shakir last week um and you know if he could potentially you know kind of you know d- day to time kind of improve his thing maybe we see Shakir sharing that load a little bit later in the year uh but you know speculative ad just to see hey like maybe he ends up getting 30 percent of the routes this week um and you know splitting with McKenzie. But either way, McKenzie is the clear ad if he's available uh from that offense.
0: Right. And you just have to remember that Isaiah McKenzie was getting, you know, more targets than Khalil Shakir and Gabe Davis when he was on the field. So yep. this is I think Gabe Davis kind of benefited from that. Obviously, Gabe Davis's uh, targets were much different in nature than Isaiah McKenzie's are going to be. Um, but definitely having no Isaiah McKenzie gave um Josh Allen a little bit more time to find Gabe Davis. Um Gabe Davis was definitely the beneficiary of Isaiah McKenzie being out. I, I I think his production will come back to earth. Definitely. And we could be looking at another quiet week for Gabe Davis. If Isaiah McKenzie plays.
1: We got Michael Gallup at number seven here. The Cowboys didn't have to throw it a ton on Sunday with their defense taking care of business. Uh, but Gallup did receive a 33% target share. Uh, he probably has more upside than McKenzie as a player. Um, he never really like put it all together as a consistent fantasy Player, but like you know, we saw those games, we saw those boom games that he's had. Uh, but he does have a chance to do that this year, uh, as the cleared number two behind C D Lamb. And then on top of that, you have Dalton Schultz banged up. He has a PCL injury. He not he might not be the same this year. Right. So uh and Dalton Schultz is honestly he's just the guy, like he's not this like extremely talented tight end. Um, uh, but the cowboys do like him for whatever reason. Um, so <laughs> I think Gallup, you know, if he's available in your waiver wire. He's somebody that I would prioritize. I think he'll be fine right now with Cooper Rush, Um, but there's a chance that Dak is back this week, right?
0: There's a chance. Um, He's reportedly a long shot. Um, He has to take significant strides, was the term that they said for him to play this week. I wouldn't count on Dak being back this week, but I think next week is very realistic for Dak to come back. I think you can add him now anyway, just like you could have added him last week and the week before. Um, You know, You just have to... Whenever Dak gets back, his ceiling will be much higher because he'll be able to throw the ball again. They're not asking Cooper Rush to throw the ball at all because, you know, the defense is just taking care of business. But um, once Dak is back, the offense will have a higher ceiling. They'll be able to run a normal um, offense, a much more balanced offense. It's been the run game so far this season. So Michael Gallup will have upside.
1: 100%. Uh, Rondell Moore, he's at number eight. He was back in the slot this week with A.J. Green back in the lineup. Uh, He received a 21% target share. One more week without DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals, so we'll see what that target share looks like after that. There is a chance it doesn't completely vanish since he'll be on the field um, for every play out of the slot, even with Hopkins back. But we'll see. Um, you, but at least you have this one week, one more week of being of him being a solid, you know, PPR wide receiver three flex option. And and yeah. you know, hopefully, if you have him, you you would want that to continue. Uh, but you know, we'll, it's kind of a wait and see when Hopkins does come back.
0: Yeah, I, I like Rondell Moore. I don't think he's going to be phased out completely, you know, even when DeAndre Hopkins does come back. But um, it's going to be, you know, I think his boom games, if you want to call him boom games, his higher production games are going to be more few and far between than they would be without him. And, th- and that's just, you know, that makes sense. But um, there's plenty of pass c- catchers on the Cardinals' offense. So it's going to be um, very distributed, I think, with Kyler Murray throwing the ball. The offense overall will be better. So I think Rondell Moore might have better touchdown upside. But um, with that touchdown upside comes less security in his floor.
1: Now, Taysom Hill, he had like, what, four touchdowns? this <laughs> yeah, past week. total touchdowns. Uh, to- total touchdowns. Uh, he is a short-term ad. You know, we don't know how long this is going to last, but if you don't have a reliable tight end, if he's available, you got to pick him up, just start him. You know, I'd rather just shoot for the upside, but understand yeah. I might end up with a zero, right? Um, But our, at, the, at the end of the day, like, I'd rather start, you know, him over these low, some of these low end tight ends, who's going to, who's going to give you like four or five points anyway, like who cares, you know? Yeah. Um. So, you know, we're probably going to have another week of Taysom Hill with the tight end designation because, you know, if ESPN or any other platform are going to change it, like they have to change it today, like, you know, right before, before waivers, and they're gonna have to make that announcement like pretty soon uh, mm-hmm. because people are going to be putting in their waiver claims. If they don't make it today, that means that they can't make it for the rest of the week. So, uh, if if he is a tight end like going into waivers tonight, then that means that you are going to have him at tight end this week. Um, so, yeah. So, just look out for that. It's possible that that it happens because of where he was playing uh, in terms of his snaps. He was playing a lot of quarterback snaps. He was playing a lot of running back snaps, and he only had like three snaps uh, on, on like as in line or as a receiver this week, or maybe yeah. he had yeah just a couple. So. So, yeah, just keep, keep an eye on that.
0: Yeah, Taysom Hill finds his value because he's a tight end right now. You know, if he moves, he might not be a very good play. But at tight end, like I said, there's nobody, it seems like this season, that's going to produce for you um, on a consistent basis outside of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Um, Pretty much. So, Taysom Hill, you know, if you want to shoot upside, he is a lightning strike player. Um, if you get a lightning strike, awesome. If you don't, you know, you're kind of screwed. But you might be better off just shooting for that upside, like you said. I think
1: Mike Boone's still worth a pickup. He he's still available in most leagues. Um, yeah. He looked better than Melvin Gordon at times during that game last week. He was the primary passing down back for the Broncos. If Gordon fumbles again, or if he's not effective, it's possible Boone can take more work away from him. Um, he only played eleven less snaps than Gordon. He only ran two less routes than him. He saw ten opportunities uh, last week in that first game without Javante. There's a little bit of standalone value here, like in deep leagues. Uh, but he's mostly just a stash, you know, for a week or two just to kind of see how this backfield ends up shaping out. Um, I have Latavius Murray here somewhere on the next slide as well. Um, so, you know, he's also a prospective add just in case to see like, hey, like, you know, was he, it, it, did, did they only add him for depth? Did they add him to potentially compete with Boone and Gordon? Um, you know, if Gordon ends up does fumble, you know, if he does end up fumbling at some point again uh, the, for the fifth or sixth time. Latavius Murray, he's like the opposite of that. Like he never fumbles. So yeah. that's probably why they brought him on. And do they want to kind of have him compete on you know on early downs? Who knows? It's possible. So he's a prospective ad as well. But I do prefer Boone if both these guys are available.
0: Yeah, I, I like Mike Boone. You know, his like I said, when you watch him run, he seems a little bit more explosive than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon can run, but he does have that fumbling issue. It didn't really come up last week. So, like you said, we'll see what happens. Um, I think they both of their ceilings are capped. These guys, I think, are flex plays at best. I, we had Melvin Gordon maybe as an RB2 last week, even though he's low end, I think it was. Uh, I, I see Melvin Gordon as a flex play because the offense is just bad. <laughs> you know, this is the type of production we were expecting from Seahawks running backs. And, um, getting <laughs> that from Russell Wilson in Denver, um, the offense has just been bad. This is like, this is the offense we expect to see in Seattle. And now we're seeing it in Denver. Uh, it's, it's weird to say, but at this point, I think it's fair. Um, the upside is severely limited right now in Denver for any fantasy player.
1: It's true. It's true. Unless, unless, unless someone has a three down, you know, every down type of role, yeah. uh, in which case, you know, and we'll get to Jalen Warren too in the next slide. Uh, we're, we're going to go to 11 through 20 now. Uh, Alec, where is Jalen Warren? Oh, there he is. 13. 13. Yep. Okay. I was about to say, I was looking for yellow and I, I saw black. That's, that's fine. Yeah. um, Alec Pierce. Um, I have him here at number 11. He has quietly put up some good games over the past three weeks. Three yeah. for 61 in week three, four for 80 in week four, and then eight for 81 on nine targets last week. His targets went up every single week over the past three weeks. Pittman is obviously the guy there, um, who, by the way, I feel like Pittman is a little bit, he's being slept on right now. Like He had a really tough matchup last week. They double teamed the shit out of him. And I, I don't think this is what we're going to see moving forward. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a little bit of a buy low for me. We'll talk about him tomorrow. But yeah. Pierce is looking like the clear number two. In the past game, uh, Matt Ryan he had to pass the ball 37 times or more in four or f- four of five games so far this year. So there's some opportunity there if he can carve out some targets here, you know, from those 37 attempts per like that he's slinging out. Um, there there is some upside here, and he could potentially, uh, you know, be in that wide receiver three conversation.
0: And I think that's fair. We talked about you know how outside of Michael Pittman, who was Matt Ryan going to throw to? We kind of identified Alec Pierce as someone that might be able to step up and take that role it looks like he's starting to do that you know he's earning the trust slowly of matt ryan obviously in this offense it's not going to be you know perfect awesome upside but he has a role now he's no longer being like phased out he's no longer situational um i think that he's going to be a pretty good fantasy contributor moving forward behind michael pittman and we saw him outscore michael pittman last week um i don't think that's going to be a, a regular occurrence I think that Alec Pierce is going to be working behind Michael Pittman in most cases and producing behind him, but he definitely has value because outside now of Michael Pittman, there's Alec Pierce, and outside of that, there's not so much. So now there's two targets, two viable targets for Matt Ryan in the Colts' offense, and that could that only spells good things for the offense as a whole. Hopefully they can get it together.
1: I, I see this comment in the chat from I, I, Isaac, and Isaac, I'm sorry that I'm laughing right now. I don't mean to. But he just said he started Leonard Fournette, Brees Hall, and Travis Kelsey. He lost by 15. 157.5 to 172. That's brutal, dude. That, the that guy,
0: sucks. The other guy must have had Gabe Davis.
1: Probably. <laughs> probably had Gabe Davis. Who who else went off this Josh week? Josh probably. Geno Smith, Josh Jacobs. Oh, man. oh Brutal. Um, That sucks, dude. You know, it's like, you know, when you guys go off, you you hope to get that W, but sometimes you just get unlucky, man. Oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Zay Jones here at number 12. Uh, you know, he came back from injury. You know, he didn't have a big game. And, you know, some might be wondering why I have him hit this high. But he did see another big target number game uh, this week. Christian Kirk didn't. Um, it was Marvin Jones first, Evan Ingram second, and then Zay Jones. So the only constant here is Zay Jones, right? Like Evan Ingram is not going to get those type of targets every week. Marvin Jones isn't either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, feel like those two were just blips in the radar. Jones has now seen eight plus targets in three of his four games. Um, so he can be a flex play if you need it through the buys. Uh, I don't want to look at this. This is a just a complete off game for this Jaguars offense, especially the mm-hmm. passing offense. Um, I don't look at this game, this bad game from Zay Jones. Uh, and and I, I don't, I just kind of chalk it up to it being a bad game. I think he's going to continue to get his targets. And, um, you know, he was kind of banged up coming into the game. So I think moving forward, I think he'll be kind of a mainstay on this offense potentially. So uh, if you have him, if you picked him out a couple of weeks ago uh, after his big game, I wouldn't necessarily drop him. And if you need wide receiver help right now uh, with all these buys coming up, I think Zay Jones could potentially help you.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And we've been talking about Zay Jones as, you know, just a high target share earner um, in the Jaguars offense. And we talked about yesterday too how you know Trevor Lawrence the issues with the Jags offense these past two weeks start and end with Trevor Lawrence. Um, as if Trevor Lawrence can get together and play like he did the first two weeks, we're looking at um, the offense will be perfectly fine. But until he corrects those issues, you know it's going to be it's going to be rough sailing it, it, for these receivers moving forward. That Christian Kirk has kind of disappeared these past two weeks, and Zay Jones also has disappeared. Whether that also that's a combination of his injury and then just a bad week this week. But it's Trevor Lawrence that's going to be um, determining whether these guys produce or not. Trevor Lawrence has not played well. He's just lost to a winless Houston team. Um, I want to see if they get this on track. Uh, I'm not so comfortable starting any Jaguars receivers until they do right now. Um, Maybe Christian Kirk because of his upside. Zay Jones, like you said, he could be a flex if you really need to. But I, I only have him in my lineup if I'm desperate.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely starting Christian Kirk. I'm still going to start him as like a you know wide receiver two, um, right now. I, I think he'll he'll get it together. Yeah. Um, I think he just they had an off day and he had an off day as well. Uh, he he didn't get the targets. I, I think that's an anomaly. I think it it'll, it'll correct itself. Um, I have Jalen Warren here at number thirteen. He's simply a stash right now. Najee Harris, he's been ineffective. He, Warren has eaten into Harris's work a little bit. And he looks better than Harris and his numbers are better than Harris after contact and all that. Um, But, you know, just in case that, uh, you know, Harris gets hurt, Jalen Warren, another, another three down potential, every down running back. He's one of the few potential every down handcuffs that is still widely available on waiver wire. So like if guys like Rashad white, not available, you know um, you know, guys like that, obviously, you know, if you could, obviously a lot of people are going to try to get Kenneth Walker this week, but. I think Warren is somebody that could potentially pay off for you later down down the line if Najee Harris would ever miss a game or or whatever the case may be. So he should be stashed on your bench so you don't have to empty your bag on him if Najee ends up getting banged up.
0: Yeah, it's not even that you have to, with Jalen Warren, it's not that you have to wait for Najee to get injured or anything because you know this was a negative game script game from the beginning and Jalen Warren outproduced Najee Harris. Um, We could see more Jalen Warren moving forward if Najee Harris continues to be as inefficient as he is. You know, I don't think that they're going to just keep handing the ball to Najee Harris if he's getting two yards of carry um, in this game, which he, which is what he got against the Bills. And granted, it's a Bills defense. They're very good, and it was in Buffalo. But if Najee Harris continues to underperform like he has been, um, we could see more Jalen Warren, and he could start to have a little standalone value, um, at least more than we you know thought he would heading into the season. I think that this is a really good stash. If you miss out on the big-name guys on the waiver wire this week, um, and you want to load up for later. Jalen Warren is a nice pickup.
1: It's just the traditional Steelers every down handcuff every single oh, yeah. year it's somebody. Um, actually over the past couple of years, you know we didn't really know who it was going to be, but this year it's pretty clear that it's going to be Jalen Warren. He looks yeah. like a good player. He yeah, does. No, yeah. I, I, would, I would be very interested to see like what he can do with some opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wanda Robinson at number 14, uh, the Giants have nobody at wide receiver. It seems like Wanda will be returning soon. uh, Maybe this week, maybe next week. But at some point, whenever he does return, he might be walking into a ton of opportunity. Kadarius Tony injured his second hamstring. Uh, and if he had a third hamstring, he might have injured that as well. So just yeah. make sure that, you know, it, Wanda Robinson is one of those guys who has upside and he's widely available in leagues. Um, He could potentially, like, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he's getting 10 targets, you know, out of the slot. You know from Daniel yeah. Jones. I would not be surprised if that happens. So he's a little bit of a stash. If you can't, you know, you might not want to play him in his first game back. Um and that might end up happening because he did practice last week. He was like kind of close. I would say he might have been like 70% there. So it's possible that he ends up playing in, in week six.
0: Yeah. And we kind of talked about Wandel Robinson over the offseason, you know, the course of the offseason off saying that he could have a role even with Kadarius Toney playing. Even with all the other receivers playing. So he could be walking in a receiver room that's devoid of weapons and he could really be a go-to guy i think for these next few weeks if he plays um i was a big fan of wando robinson you know the whole offseason because of that volume that he could end up getting and i think he's really quarterback friendly and with daniel jones a quarterback looking to get the ball out fast i think that you know he he could have some really good value and be an every week flex um with upside
1: yeah and, and you know cory davis if you need somebody to play like plugging your lineup through these bye weeks so you need some help Davis, you know, he's leading the Jets in receiving. Um, he has three games above seventy-four receiving yards, so I think he's a decent bye week fill-in over the next couple of weeks. And this is going to be a theme over the over from now until you know week eleven, week twelve, whenever. Actually, no, the last bye week is in week thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The Colts and Jonathan Taylor are on bye week thirteen. Um, so Michael Pittman will be on by that week as well. Alec Pierce, those guys. So you know, from now up until the end of the year, we're going to be talking about these bye week fill-ins, and you know. These are the guys that you're going to have to pay attention to on the wave wire. Corey Davis like, is like the epitome of that type of fill <laughs> pretty much. Yeah.
0: It, it's the least wonderful time of year when these bye weeks start coming in because then there's a lot <laughs> of roster shuffling that goes around. It, yep. it, it, the first five weeks you spend, if your team doesn't get injured, you're good, but then suddenly your studs start falling out of your lineup for no reason. It's just it's a real pain. But Corey Davis could be a good guy. And he's serving almost the same role that he had last season. Um you know, he his upside isn't necessarily there, but he can be a solid starter for you week in, week out if he gets enough targets. And he has quiet games. And that's what you expect, you know, from somebody that's filling in for you on bye. But I I like Corey Davis. Uh he's a good receiver, even when he was in Tennessee. You know, he was a good receiver. Um, so there's no reason not to start him. He's on a good offense, suddenly a suddenly good Jets offense, at least it's it looks like so far, because Breeze Hall is the engine there. Um, it's opened up a lot, even for Zach Wilson in the passing game.
1: Zach and I are playing each other uh, in a league called the only league that matters, and he was just talking about losing guys on bye. He he's, he's going to have Devonta Adams on bye this week against me. So
0: and DeAndre Swift, uh,
1: like you don't understand on uh, DeAndre Swift as well. Listen, man, like you don't understand how happy that makes me feel. <laughs> like it makes me go into the week so happy. Now you get
0: you get a free if win get, if
1: I get my ass kicked. If I get my ass kicked and if I lose, it's going to feel way worse. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you know it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I gotta I gotta come through. I have nobody on buy this week, but I, I I'm hoping Keenan Allen can finally come back. That's what I'm hoping for in that league because I, I I scraped by the past couple of weeks without Keenan Allen. Got some Ws, but still like I need him back. Yeah. Anyway, he was pretty uh he was pretty loud about about how his Chargers the decisions the Chargers were making in this game. Yeah, right, in this was. game. <laughs> He was he was kind of loud about it. So it's interesting. His head coach is probably gonna have some words with Keenan now, like, hey dude, like let's not double let's not like you know try to like put those decisions out in the open. Okay, please. Yeah. Um, and I also don't want them to suspend him for a game, also. So um jo- so let's see, Josh Kelly, I have him at number sixteen. Like this could flip flop back and forth right now, right? But like as of right now, it looks like Kelly is echoes back up. Like I feel like we play this game every single year. Uh, Who's Eckler's backup? Like I don't know. Like, uh, but fifty nine percent of snaps for Eckler, thirty eight percent of for Kelly, and then three percent for Michelle. So take that for what you will. As of right now, if you said, "Oh, Eckler's out. Who am I going to play?" It's probably gonna be Josh Kelly.
0: Yeah, yeah. it has to be Josh Kelly. You know, his his skill set is much closer to Austin Eckler than Sony Michelle's is, and it doesn't seem like the Chargers are terribly interested interested in using Michelle in any type of. Fantasy relevant way, although well, it's it's
1: crazy because like, <laughs> I feel like the only snaps he came in for was those goal line snaps. He had two goal line snaps this past week, which was like, why? Like, just leave him off the field, dude. Like, right. What's the point of this? Like, is that the only reason why you're keeping him active? So this, so you can put him in on goal lines? Like, come on, and, Austin has scored twenty touchdowns last year. Yeah,
0: He'll be fine. Yeah, you don't need another goal line guy. You have Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler does it all. Um I think but, Kelly'd be fine
1: too. Uh, Kelly's a yeah, you know, that's what a, I'm saying. Big back. He'll be Josh right.
0: Josh Kelly, he looked good. You know, even though the workload wasn't necessarily um the same as Eckler's, you know, he still produced very well. Um yeah. it's a the, the at the end of the day, it's a good chargers offense and anybody can produce. Um Josh Kelly had a good week this week. I wouldn't rely on him, you know, as a weekly starter. Um, but if you need him to fill in, you know, like we talk about with these bye weeks. Josh Kelly could be the guy if you can't get anybody else. Like I might be in that situation <laughs> this week. We'll see how That's it goes.
1: True.
0: That's true. So That's Josh true. Kelly, I, you know, desperate play. He could end up producing for you in a decent 100%,
1: way. 100%. 100%. I should have let them off this list. Going into the number 17, we got Gus Edwards uh, as a stash here. Uh, Edwards started to practice last week so he can be back uh, within the next couple of weeks, uh, since we know that J.K. Dobbins is going to split time, we talked about this yesterday. Regardless of who the running back is behind him, Kenyon Drake. Who cares? Mike Davis doesn't matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, um, I always forget Justice Hill's name. Like I don't know why. Like it doesn't roll off. Like it doesn't. Like there's no like permanent space for Justice Hill in, like, right, in right. my brain for some reason. Um, <laughs> but whether it's him, like he'll get touches. And like, why? Why did Kenyon Drake out snap? You know what I'm saying, J.K. Dobbins? Like, it makes no sense to me. I have, I don't understand. I don't. I really don't. Yeah. But anyway, when Gus Edwards ends up coming back, he's going to have that role, one A, one B type of situation. You're not going to, you're not going to know who the one A, one B is. You would assume that it's J.K. Dobbins, but who knows? Yeah. But yeah, he should be stashed at this point.
0: You'd assume it's J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards when they come back, but it seems like Baltimore is pretty keen on using the guys that they picked up from, you know, waivers and just added randomly from. <laughs> who knows where, trying to revive oh, Kenyon Drake's career. They saw what he did in, what was it? Was it Arizona where he was Arizona, really good yeah. in a couple days? Um, yeah, so maybe they're just trying to revive that career. But, um, yeah, Gus Edwards, you know, he was supposed to be the RB1 for the Ravens last year when J.K. Dobbins went down, and then he also went down with an injury. Um, I, that, I think they like Gus Edwards. I don't think that they're going to uh, sit him behind Kenyon Drake when he comes no,
1: back. Think, no, I no, no, no. I, 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 it's going to be the 1A, 1B between jk and and dobbins i'm sorry jk and gus it's just a matter of like you know you never know like one week it could be gus one week it could be jk you just kind of don't know what's what's going to happen there Uh, but jk obviously has the upper hand at this point just because of the fact that he's been back and it's interesting because he had a worse injury than than edwards did in terms of like you know uh he tore his like a bunch of other stuff besides the acl um and i don't think edwards did if I'm not mistaken, but I know doctor, I don't know. Maybe his, maybe, maybe there's the rehab didn't go as well. Also, you know, JK probably has some more uh, money to spend when it comes to like rehab and stuff like that. Right. Think about that. Yeah. Right. Over the off season, he probably right. has more resources than, um, than Gus, but yeah, interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Hunter Henry at number 18 here. Uh, John Lewis Smith was out last week. Hunter Henry ended up being a full-time player. He was on the field for like every single snap. If Smith is out again this week and you need a tight end and Taysom Hill is not available, I would go Henry this week.
0: Yeah, I I don't have much to say about Hunter Henry. You know, it it was a decent week. (laughs) This is just the tight end, you know, carousel. Um, We're not sure who's going to be performing well. This is just one good week. Um, I wouldn't rely on that on a weekly basis, but if you need someone to fill in a tight end, you know, maybe he has a little momentum moving forward. But tight Yeah, it's it's
1: it's really about him playing every snap and he's running every route. And we don't have that many tight ends doing that. So if you need a tight end, just, just grab him and put him in your lineup. He'll give you yeah. a zero maybe. I don't know. Uh, Latavius Murray at number 19. We talked about him already uh, as a potential stas, just in case, you know, they actually added him for some purpose other than being a backup. Khalil Shakir, I have him here. We talked about him. He looked good in relief of Isaiah McKenzie. I think he can improve to eventually become a better player than McKenzie. But the only question is whether that happens soon and if that happens this year. But yeah. there's a small chance that Khalir has carved out a role in the slot with McKenzie. I just want to take shots on guys in this Bills offense, pretty much. And guys who are going to be catching the ball from Josh Allen, just take shots. See what happens. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's like a little bit of a prospective ad for me. And that's yeah. pretty much it. Did you have any other ads, man, to add here? Or or was that uh, pretty much wrap it up?
0: Uh, that about does it. Um, the only guy that I can think of, you know, Randall Cobb. You know, Aaron Rodgers okay. throwing to him. I guess you could make him maybe um, an ad. He he did he yeah. did well, and it's not like he hasn't been getting targets. We know Aaron Rodgers likes throwing at Randall Cobb, but um, if you're really really in a pinch and you need someone to start, I think that that could be a, a spot that you look.
1: Hey, I think that's a that's a really good call out because Randall Cobb, his routes have gone up. I I was looking at that yesterday. Um, yeah. He ran a route on sixty three percent of dropbacks. There was a serious. Um, there was a serious rotation with these running backs. He ran more yeah. routes than Romeo Dubs.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, and he, he had 13 targets, I think, against the, the Giants. And I'm not sure if that's going to stick around. You know, it seems like it's just going to be a carousel, like I said, uh, at, for the Packers receivers. But Randall Kovlick, uh, I think he has the chance to be a solid contributor on a weekly basis.
1: He did not run more routes than Romeo Dubs. I'm sorry. I was looking at week one. <laughs> this is yeah. week three.
0: This is week yeah, five. Yeah. Um,
1: Christian Watson got hurt. Right, he has a. I think it was a hamstring injury again, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or, or some sort of injury. He left the game. Um, he only ran nine routes in this game. Yeah, hamstring. Injury. Randall Cobb ended up running twenty-nine routes for seventy-one percent route participation. Um, that was not the case. He was running under fifty percent. Uh, the prior <clears throat> weeks. So, uh, you know, I think that's very, very, you know, viable. Twelve targets this past week, thirty-three percent target share. Yeah, if you're in a pinch, deep league, do it. Yeah, that'll do that's it, guys. It. We appreciate you. Hope you guys end up getting who you want on waivers. Uh, hope you have enough money uh, in your fab bank account mm-hmm. to get Kenneth Walker. I think it'll drop it'll it all. be good for you and your fantasy team. All right. Yeah. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you soon. Talk to you tomorrow. We'll be back buys and sells tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you guys later. Peace.